Welcome back to Dank Ferric, a Star Wars podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tyler Mendelson, along with my co-host, Carlos Gomez. And today we got a slew of things we'd love to discuss with you. We have an episode coming out on May 4th uh, that we're going to be discussing the Bad Batch when it gets released and a couple other things about Star Wars Day. Um, but, you know, for this episode, we just wanted to talk about some upcoming news. Yep. So starting up, uh, recently Ewan McGregor did an interview where he spoke a bunch about, you know, his career in general, but the things we care about are, are not Moulin Rouge, uh, <laughs> is, is Obi-Wan. Uh, so he's talked about recently about um, how they he's done a lot of lightsaber training, you know, yeah. which is intriguing considering that... Um, you would think uh, the Obi-Wan show would be very passive, as it were, because he's right. just an old hermit in the desert doing nothing for 20 years. But uh, if there's intense um, lightsaber sequences and we know Vader's in the show, what does that mean? Does he go out? He also talks about uh, stagecraft, which is the tech, the technology they use in Mandalorian, the LED lights. And... Uh, he talks about how it feels more real because when you're in the desert, you actually feel like you're in the desert. And the part that I, I'm most intrigued by is that he actually said uh, when you're in a spaceship, you actually see space. Which makes me think so about... he's not going to be on planet the whole time, most likely. I don't know. See, that, that's the most. thing. And that's that's one of those things that we've always wondered about Obi-Wan, the Obi-Wan show. Did he stay on Tatooine the entire time? Did he time? stay on Tatooine? Well, I guess we're going to find out. Yeah, but not for uh, a while though. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it does uh, make it does make you wonder. He also uh, kind of slightly avoids the question of whether or not he's had a screen test with young uh, Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. and he said is is a very strong possibility. <laughs> not <laughs> very well hidden, I guess. Um, but you know, just ramping up everything about the Obi Wan show, it's, it gets more exciting as we get more stuff about it and. Yeah. It's got to be crazy for him. I mean, he's already such a wonderful actor. He was de- probably the brightest part about the prequels as far as the acting and like his performance and compared to the other actors, like his lines never seemed cheesy or botched or you know, he he always made it work and was definitely the bright spot of the prequels. But for him to compare, you know, the the green screen of the prequels to uh, this you know this stage that the Mandalorian set up that is also going to be used all the technology from that is going to be used in this show. Um, I think it's just as an actor, it, it must be such a, a breath of fresh air to actually be transported into this world and feel how real it is compared to literally acting in an entirely fake room where you have to just come up with everything in your head and like work off of that. It's that's got to be incredibly challenging. So for them to have this lifelike, you know, technology around them, I just I'm so excited to see like what they come up with and to see him in in his role, but not in the prequels, you know, to see yeah. and Hayden Christensen as well to see how they how they do with this in this upgraded Star Wars world. It's interesting you mentioned how he was one of the few actors who was able to actually deliver the lines 
uh, and not sound like a, I don't know what, but um, he actually mentions something to that effect in the interview mm. about how it not only was it frustrating that he was surrounded by green everywhere, but that as he put it, uh, the dialogue wasn't Shakespeare, <laughs> which um, I think uh, probably disturbed a lot of the prequel fans. <laughs> Who die by by those movies? The prequel memers were probably like, "Oh no, what do you mean it's not Shakespeare? Of course it is." <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I love the prequels, but the the lines weren't Shakespeare. You know, it's yeah, no, of course, a lot of it was very wooden, but it's still, you know, I love it for what it is. But I would still like to see it, you know, with you know him act with better written dialogue and all all of the actors in the show just to have like such a a better focus on dialogue and you're talking about hayden and all right? hayden especially hayden. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we're, we're you're so beautiful we're not gonna add none of that <laughs> we need more <laughs> better written stuff maybe Naturalistic. that was not even the worst line by far it makes me wonder too, though. Uh, James Earl Jones, we have to see, like, hear him. I guess, like, well, that's a whole speculation. You know, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I mean, they used him for Rogue One and and Rebels. I would like, I was really happy they used him, but at the same time, you can hear his age, even yeah. through the voice mod modifier. You know, you it, it sounds more high pitched. Yeah, it sounds weaker, for sure. It sounds weaker, yeah. Uh, but it's funny, because if you listen to him in Rebels, I felt that they they did a better job at mixing I agree. his voice yep. in Rebels than they did in Rogue One. I completely agree. Completely because agree. it had a more, of a, more of a booming presence in, in Rebels, even though you could tell he was speaking slower. It sounded a little more robotic in that, mm -hmm. which, I mean, I didn't have a problem with, but... They found a way to mask his age in that I felt a lot better than Rogue One did, which I mean, it it makes sense only in the fact that they're used to using all of voiceovers because that whole show was voiceovers. So they they just mixed it better. Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of the other Anakin, um, so we ha get uh, Hayden, maybe James Earl Jones back, but we also heard... Uh, from the source itself, that Mad Lanter will be back as Anakin. He said, basically, yeah. he said, Anakin, his Ana his version of Anakin is not uh, over yet, that there's more for him to do. I really hope he's not talking about some fucking video game. or in, I, don't, like some, I don't think he is. <laughs> some he app. doesn't seem like it's another show. <laughs> he wouldn't reveal what show or right. what piece of media it is, but it's really interesting to think, like, what... Who, who would you think? Possibly... What would you think it is? Yeah, I have. I really have no idea. My um, money is 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 on Bad Batch. Bad Batch in a in a a pre or a, what is it a a flashback? I mean, maybe it could be a flashback or maybe maybe may, well, you know, Ahsoka. I, I think Ahsoka is probably going to be in the Bad Batch. Uh, I mean, we know Rex oh, is I definitely think so. Yeah, and we also know from Rebels that Ahsoka had a holocron recording of Matt, of Anakin like practicing saber techniques. So there's right. there's ways around it. Or yeah. also we could actually maybe the Bad Batch encounters Vader early on, and I don't know. 
I definitely think Vader is, regardless, Vader is going to be in Bad Batch. Because we know the Emperor is. Right, well, yeah. But it's like Ian McDermott, they reused lines from the movie, so I don't think he's going to be featured as a main character. Probably not as a main character, but I I don't think it's only going to be lines from the movie. They're probably going to use, well, Ian Ian Abercrombie's dead. Ian McDermott. I don't think they're going to use Ian McDermott, which I well, mean, they I used, wish they, they would. used him in the trailer, though. Because that was recorded lines from episode three. But I think right. they're going to use probably um, Sam Witwer. Maybe. But Ian McDermott was in Star Wars Rebels. That's true. So I mean, I, w- I would love to have him back. He's obviously the best Palpatine because he is. I just think it would be weird to have Ian McDermott do the lines from the movie in the show if, and then yeah, later but on. I, I think it all has to do with his availability and if he's willing to do it, you know. Yeah, we're all sitting around during COVID. He has nothing to do. Get <laughs> your old ass in the booth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like every, I hear like every actor is just making like makeshift boots, uh, boots yeah. at their homes. So, mm-hmm. you know, they do that. Uh, so speaking of Bad Batch, uh, we've also heard through Dee Bradley Baker, who's the voice actor who does uh, the clones, as in every single one of them. And not mm-hmm. just the men. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but um, <laughs> we know that this little kid, Omega, which is the name of the kid that we've seen in the trailers and everything, is a girl. We know not. We now know that. Um, and there's gonna be like a sort of father-daughter relationship between her and some of the squad mates. Now, question: mm-hmm. Is she a clone of Django? I don't think so. Well, it's tough to decipher right now that it hasn't been confirmed or not. Um, I decided to take a close look at like comparatives. Uh, you look at like Boba and some of the other like young clone uh, troops, and she does look a lot like them. Like Boba? Like she could also Boba's, be a Palpatine clone. She could be a, you know, a Snoke clone or like, you know. I think it's probably too early in the timeline for it to be like a Snoke thing. Uh, but I do think uh, it's probably something to do with cloning for sure. I mean, she's in Camino. Uh, we, we, there's a suggestion by Dee Bradley Baker in the interview that the girl has special ability, abilities. So, <laughs> yeah, that I, it was hard to get that one out. So, um, and there's also the suggestion that it's similar to like the relationship between Din Djarin and, and Grogu. Right. Um, so it's, I don't know, it's interesting to see how that develops and that Filoni is kind of, reusing that old beat of of mentor uh, apprentice sort of uh, vibe between between his characters which is very important in every single one of the of the Dave Filoni story every Star Wars story I mean I wouldn't say it's needed but I think it works well as a format you know you have this either group or person who you know, they get thrust into this role as protector and it just, it adds mm-hmm. a, a lot to the drama mm-hmm. and makes you actually care for the characters. Cause like from what we know of the bad batch, like that arc in clone wars, like I didn't really give two shits about it. It was just like, 
a bunch of shots of them running around shooting droids, and it was boring to me. But to actually have them after Order 66 and to see like how that affects them, who they run into, and now with this new clone girl, like, you know, that adds a lot to the drama and it's gonna be, I think, beneficial to the story. Yeah. Yeah, well, we also have heard another leak. I don't know if we want to, if you don't want to know this, then skip ahead a little bit. But uh, there's been a lot of speculation through the trailers that one of the members of the the batch <laughs> uh, is uh, a defector. Because we know Tarkin uh, says in the trailer that they should be hunted down, the Bad Batch, because they betrayed the Empire. Mm-hmm. And when we see a lot of the the shots of the Bad Batch running around, there one of them is missing, which is Crosshair. So, yep. which is kind of like the 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 ship and the shoulder type. Yeah, clone. but at the same we time, we don't usually like, work with regs. It's great. <laughs> at, at the time, though, like, um, fuck, who's the 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 leader of it? Hunter. Hunter. There's a lot of the shots. Hunter is missing too, though. No, but this is like an actual leak. Like the box, the the back of the box of one of the toys, they explain it that crosshair. Really? Yeah, crosshair uh, doesn't stick around the the group. He's like, no, Very I'm with the empire. So he's gonna be hunting them. I don't. I, I don't know. Maybe. Probably. I mean, they're gonna keep him around in the show. Yeah, true. So yeah, he's definitely gonna be an adversary. Um, he's probably gonna be under Tarkin. And you know who Tarkin speaks to a lot, uh, Lord Vader himself. So there's a lot of potential there. <laughs> yep. Uh, but we get the kid to replace uh, Crosshair, I guess, as a sort of surrogate, like new member of the. Of the I wouldn't group. want some not nose kid in, in place of a dedicated marksman. Well, nobody cares what you think. What is the kid gonna do? <laughs> What what is like? What do you mean? Like, there's always like Anakin was a little fucking kid in Phantom Menace, and you know, don't even those, start those with universally that shit. Like, <laughs> Ahsoka was a little kid at the beginning of. That's a good trick. <laughs> Let's try that. Yeah, I'm so I'm sure this new kid is gonna be handy. Yeah, Anakin just taking out an entire Federation ship, just like nothing. Well, he is to show someone. And all and these fucking guys are just blowing up and dying. All the all the Nemoidians. Ah. Right. Well, so these kids in Star Wars, like Anakin, Ahsoka, and Ezra, I mean, Ahsoka maybe less so, but they're always, like, the fact that they're around is always about them being, like, a special, you know, kid. And yes. Dee Bradley Baker talking about this kid having special abilities. That's what really is going to make the kid, you know, fit into the group and earn her stripes. Um, you know but what, the, what are those special abilities? Are those force abilities? Because if if they are, then that could also connect with Grogu and why, like maybe Palpatine is making like genetically inventing force sensitive kids. So maybe that's where that stuff is at. Trying you know to... what kid isn't special? What? Broom boy. Well, he could levitate a, a broom. With the, that's with all. Him. That's all he could do, and he, we're as never going to see know. him again. As we far as we know, that's the only thing. Him. He is the most irrelevant character. Uh, you see, the biggest problem in this universe is nobody helps each other, and <laughs> everybody showed up at the end. 
What do you What do you mean? That's for Phantom those who don't know. We're talking about the Last Jedi, which that was I Phantom. That was a Phantom Menace quote, by the way. Yes, but I I mean about Broom Boy. We're talking about. Oh, you brought him up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just wanted to bust your balls about the Last Jedi. It's <laughs> great shit. Uh, so Wait, you know, speaking of, yeah. we, need, we need to we need to do our sequel trilogy uh, episodes. No, and we will, and we absolutely will. But I also think it's it's very intriguing to see how these this new stuff like the comic I'm about to talk about and the Bad Batch how it all fill, fills in the the tiles between the movies, uh, especially mm-hmm. in in relation to Episode Nine. So um, this new comic that came out of this Vader comic. So in the Vader comics right now, he's discovering Exegol, which is of course the hidden world of the Sith, as Legend describes it, and. Um, Vader is sort of figuring out Palpatine's plan, it seems, which kind of has a bunch of um, interesting implications about how how much Vader actually knew about uh, Palpatine trying to cheat death, like in a real, like in a, an actual, real sense. This is all yeah. post uh, Empire Strikes Back. This comic takes yep. place between Empire and Jedi, mm-hmm. which is kind of a, a narrow time period. Uh, but um, so he figures out where Exegol is. He goes there. And the the most intriguing thing about this comic, and the thing that some a lot of fans have been talking about, is that we see a hand in a severed hand in the tank. Now, so we yeah, so we know that Luke's hand was <laughs> of course cut off in Empire Strikes Back. This brings in a bunch of theories about is Luke is Luke's hand being used as like a genetic template or whatever to create Snoke's and is Luke is Snoke uh, a sort of weird fucking strand cast uh, a version of Luke like the anti-Luke or were they trying to create the anti-Luke considering that Luke is the last Jedi do you want to hear what I think it is but yeah give me two seconds though because <laughs> there's another thing about this that in the force awakens in the original script the movie was supposed to open with Luke's hand floating in space, grabbing the lightsaber, the Skywalker lightsaber. This was the original script that Lawrence Kasdan wrote with J.J. Abrams. Wait, this wait, got wait, 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 time out, time out. Yes. You're saying the lightsaber was still in Luke's hand after it got severed? Yes. Wasn't it shown to be thrown out of his hand, though? No, the uh, the hand went with the, along with the lightsaber. Huh. Like, they were still grasping it. But, so, the original opening for Episode 7, for The Force Awakens, was Luke's hand floating in space with a lightsaber, and it landed on a planet, I think it was Jakku. And the whole concept of the Force flashback in, in The Force Awakens was to show the, the journey the the lightsaber went through. That's why we see the, the Knights of Ren, like, killing a villager, is because they were looking for the lightsaber. That's where that whole line of that lightsaber belongs still to me. It makes no sense, though. For So the, the hand gets severed on Bespin. Yeah. It goes down that shaft, and how does it end up in space? No cl- fucking clue. However, the, the, the whole point is they were going to do something with Luke's hand in, in the sequel trilogy originally before they, I guess, cut off that planet. A different story for another time is what I think Mos Kanata says. Uh, and it makes me think, were they thinking of Snoke's origins back then, and they just 
streamline the story uh, and have it make uh, have have it something to do with Luke's hand. Let That's me tell you that I refuse to give him that me. credit. I highly, highly doubt that they had that in mind, especially considering all this shit with Palpatine, yada yada, was not planned at all, as confirmed by Daisy Ridley. They had no plan. It was just a mismatch of different directors with different visions and Kathleen Kennedy. Okay, that's that's a, fu- a whole different thing. issue. I'm talking it in relation with this comic book, though. Like, is this is this where Snoke's? Uh, yeah, um, that's entirely possible. And what do you think of that idea of of Snoke being a, like an offspring, as it were, not an offspring, but like a, a you know? But the next here's line. my only question: Is mm-hmm. what isn't Snoke technically Palpat- a Palpatine clone? Well, that's He's just like not a really. failed abomination type. That's not what they said. They said he created Snoke. Like he fucked with genetics to create a, a vessel for yes, him to. Yes, but I assumed it was with his own genetics. Right. I don't think it is though. Uh, that's why he has like a, a clone of himself. So the idea is, maybe Palpatine is looking at other uh, uh, people, like a Skywalker, for for example, who. Technically, they originate, originated from the Force. And maybe Grogu. Honestly, I don't know what Grogu's deal is. Regardless, man, I just I would be fine with just more backstory. I want more right. explanation on Snoke's origins. And, That's what we're getting. Yeah, You know, Palpatine, the, the cloning and all that shit. I, I personally, I think it's Ponda Baba's arm. <laughs> he doesn't is like it- you. Well, is it Pondababa's? Like is it Pondababa's arm pre-special edition or post-special edition? Because they're two very different arms. One of them is that hairy, is like true. a wolf, and the other one is, you know, a human arm. I would say it's the hairy one. <laughs> Just shaved. <laughs> Somebody's like doing manicure to the hand every once in a while. They take it out of the vat. <laughs> one of the Sith cultists, like the Oompa Loompas people, <laughs> He's chanting in the background, like. Ah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For Panda Baba. <laughs> For Panda Baba's arm. That's like the 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 eggs in in Temple of Doom. They all shant to yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> Panda Baba's arm. Uh, this place could be a little rough. Uh, but yeah. So it's very int- interesting. I think there is something at play here, and I think they're trying to connect all this stuff with the new the the sequel trilogy with the 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 added material like the TVs yeah. the comics everything. Yeah, check out uh, the comic guys and if not uh you could always just look it up on YouTube or you know there's plenty of people showing the visuals to it that you could check out and uh you definitely should. Yeah, and there's also great uh they actually do voiceovers of the comics which is Yes. really good. And I, I underestimated them because once I thought of like this could never be like a good substitute, but then you watch it and they put in a good production for sure. You underestimate my power. <laughs> yeah, I did. Don't try it. Um, so Tyler, tell us something. We you have something to tell us, right? Regarding you regarding... have news. Yes. So my dream for the longest time has been to make a cosplay and a specific cosplay for my favorite character being Boba Fett. 
Mm-hmm. So I finally decided, I you know, I have an influx of cash right now. This is the perfect time as we're winding down from COVID and, you know, things are starting to open back up. We're going to get Star Wars Celebration next year and Comic-Cons are coming around and, and all this stuff. I was like, you know what? Especially with the Mandalorian season two, now that Boba's back and he has a new set of armor, you know, not many people have copied as the brand new, new TV show too. Yeah, expect, yeah, with Book of Boba Fett coming out. Um, I was like, I want to do Boba, but I want to do his new repainted armor, you know, his new getup. So I've been, I, I am not a handy person to where, like, I have all this knowledge of how to make the costume myself. And there are way too talented people who do this for a living. Um, so I've been hunting down pieces on Etsy. And all these different websites um, using the dented helmet as reference uh, to find all these different pieces. And holy shit, not only is it expensive, but time consuming and just taking up a lot of my time to, you know, put this thing together. I have a lot of pieces in the mail on the way and getting created right now. And later on, I will definitely be showing you guys uh, the completed costume. But right now, it is just me on the hunt, just constantly putting this thing together and buying piece by piece from different creators. So just be on the lookout for that. I'm excited. Which So are we talking about Mandalorian Boba? Like the accuracy? Is it more the Yes. Or? So it's, it's not directly post-Sarlacc. It is after he repainted his armor and you see him at the very end of... Uh, Mando season two when he kills mm. uh, Bib Fortuna. Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Interesting. So you're gonna put in a, a little weight too. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> sorry. All right. If you yeah. if you actually look at Boba himself and Tamara Morrison, it really fucking... wasn't that he was like chubby or like. Had no, a bad I'm, I'm just gonna say Tamara Morrison is a fucking badass, and I, I should oh, be he's... put to shame because of what absolutely I said. love that guy, but. Even in his old age, like, no, he's not even that old. Unfit. Like, he, I think it was just his posture and the camera angles that they showed, you know, because if you're standing out a certain way, the armor is going to, like, pop out a bit. So mm-hmm. it just looks like he had a stomach. Plus, he's wearing, like, those thick garb robes. Yeah. It just made him look fatter than he actually is. So, you know, I don't really think. That was intended for them, but it just became this whole, you know, dad bod boba thing. <laughs> you know what? I'm for it. I don't care. I want my armor. I want my armor. <laughs> That's great, dude. See, yep. uh, boba, you know, you know how I feel about boba. Uh, I didn't feel a lot about him one way or the now other. Do you? Now I think he's, he's cooler. He's justified, right? Sort of. I mean, we still have a lot to see. Because he's only been in two episodes of Mando. Very true. Uh, I mean, I uh, cannot wait for Book of Boba to see what they come up with. But uh, yeah, and I, so and Carlos, this year, yeah, yes. My question is for you. Okay. If we, you know, we're going to Star Wars Celebration together. Yes. What are you going to cosplay as? Well, well, you've seen me cosplay before, right? Well, I have seen Halloween. you as as the Emperor for Halloween. Yes. Which was excellent, I I must say. It was <laughs> I mean I was Freddie Mercury at the time, but yes. you know what? Uh, we we went to the Star Wars bar in L.A. and I mean that was just such an amazing time. But uh, 
You will yeah, never I mean, find what are you going to do for head. Star Wars Celebration? Shit, I don't know. You put me on the spot yeah, now. You got to put something together, man. I got to think about it. But that's next year, though. So it would be hilarious if you Etsy. rolled around with me as Fennec Shand. <laughs> <laughs> we're just Bib Fortuna, fat Bib Fortuna. Yeah, yeah, Bib Fortuna, bro. Nawana Wanga. Boba. Yeah. Uh, uh, Fennec Shan is a good one. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give a shit. I would do it. Male Fennec Shan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have you ever seen like those dudes that dress as slave Leia? They dress like, as slave Leia. Yeah. Yeah. That's a. That's. I think that's a vibe. I like that. Yep. Hell yeah. So maybe that I don't know. We'll workshop it. We'll yes. come up with something good. There we go. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone uh, for listening in. Uh, we are gonna do an episode on the Bad Batch coming up now on May the fourth. We're probably gonna be releasing in Revenge of the Fifth. Uh, that's May fifth for all you normies. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, uh, thank you so much for listening. And of course, may the force be with you. Always. Very